0: yeah say hello to the bad guy say
1: hello to the bad guy All right, welcome to say hello to the bad guy. I'm your host Locke and this is the podcast where we drink and smoke and bullshit about the life of a historic criminal. Now we're talking outlaws and gangsters. We're not gonna be covering too many serial killers. That's just a little bit dark for me and this ain't no true crime podcast. But honestly, you can't call this a history podcast because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So, speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host today. First with me, we're honored to have the uh, founder and CEO of J-Bone Enterprises and J-Bone Industries, uh, J-Bone himself. Welcome to the bad guy. Hey,
2: everybody. How's it going?
1: Now, today we don't got to do the guest-by-guest the guest drink breakdown because we're all drinking the same shit. I've got some Founders Porters and some Red Stag. And I think... That's kind of fitting because this is kind of the original podcast crew and the Red Stag's pretty much the uh, original yep. podcast drink. So also with us, uh, the Duke Dan the Man.
3: Yeah, I was just sitting back here. I guess the Porter's more important than me. I mean, <laughs> we're the original crew, but just sitting back here waiting for you to get done talking about beer, so I can be introduced. But it's cool. How crafty and are you? And you, you missed out my favorite wing of uh, J-Bone Enterprises, J-Bone International. But to stay with uh, Sueno,
2: thank you for the music, and the Founders Local Brewery, like, we didn't want to put the internet, we were keeping it local. <laughs>
3: you know? Well, I mean, local-based business, global goals, you know what I mean?
2: Well, yeah, he's like the... uh the end zone, though, like, he goes around the whole world. Of he goes beyond the pylon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, you did mention
1: Swaino. So, 6-4
2: Swaino,
1: uh, local Detroit rapper. Go to his YouTube channel to subscribe. He puts out a lot of
3: content. Go say hello to yeah. the bad guy. The original.
1: It, you can follow us. We got the, the bad guy podcast Instagram. All right. Uh So, we'll go ahead and get started. The bad guy that we're covering today is Octave Garnier.
0: This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface, final scene. Fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend.
3: Is this the beginning of the Garnier-Fructis empire, perhaps?
1: Octave was born December 25th, 1889
3: in Fontainebleau, France. Fontainebleau. I mean, that's not what I do to fountains, but whatever. I throw coins in them, son.
1: (laughs) Hey, to each their own. I don't know how the French culture works. He started off working as a baker and a butcher, but by the time he was 13 years old, he just kind
2: of moved towards theft. Um, how early did he start his, by the time he was 13, he was a baker and a butcher prior to 13? Well, he was
3: trying to get all the stereotypical uh, French stuff. He wore a striped shirt. He's a, Bonjour! And then he just baker a butcher. And what was the other one that was in the tub? <laughs> uh, a candlestick maker. Or that's something? his next job. He's going to be a candlestick maker.
2: <laughs> yeah. But like by the time he was 13, he was burnt out on all that.
3: He went to a life of crime. Like, come on. Okay. Well, they wanted to wait till his balls dropped before they let him mess with open flame.
1: It, it is super funny because that's one of the first thing that hits me like.
2: What the fuck? Because even it would be young if it was like by the time he was eighteen, like damn. So
3: he had to start like no, he was burnt yeah, out on that yeah, job. But at what that in 1889 yeah, what is an eighteen eighty nine years?
2: That that is true. You know when they're yeah, he was them in almost a... mid aged in that time, like medieval France. Right. Well,
1: in
3: eighteen eighty nine, medieval France. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> well, that
1: time France actually was real crazy because that was when they kept coming off all these revolutions where they were just you know chopping people's heads off and guillotine it's... crazy and whatnot. Yeah, it was a. Yeah. Uh, and they but,
3: didn't invent that not to use it. Right. Intense He's, time
1: to be a Frenchman. We. Oui. I think oui.
3: every time in history was an intense time to yeah, be a Frenchman. Yeah, I mean, everybody. Way back before they were France, when they were still Gaul, I think but, it was a very intense time.
2: Till Rolo went over there and set shit straight,
3: son.
1: That's where most of my uh, French historical knowledge comes from vikings i mean it's on the history channel so the vikings is about the same level of historical accuracy that you get from the bad guy podcast
2: or if we're being honest with ourselves and our fans like that you get from a history book that they wrote like they're just telling you their version of a story he ended up doing time for the first time at
1: 17 years old now he was described at the time garnier was handsome swarthy silent lad whose dark eyes were astoundingly hard and feverish he was small and working class by origin I don't know. It doesn't sound like the perfect description to well, be sounds, going to prison with. It sounds
3: part
2: bio, part like a romantic novel that like our moms well, would read or it, something. It started
3: like, off all good. The first one, he was handsome. Then it just went immediately. He was swarmy. He had feverish eyes. Feverish was,
1: eyes. Well, it, it, not swor- swarthy. Slimy. Um, um, no, swarthy is like handsome. It's like a uh, well, like me- Mediterranean. You know, like a like dark handsome, swarthy
2: Spaniards. So like this guy was short, dark, and handsome. <laughs> You just laid it out for us.
1: (laughs) Pretty much. Let me reword their French for you. He was short, dark, and handsome. Now, like how you said, like, it sounds like something out of a romance novel. I'll have a handful of quotes. These guys were like smart. They wrote a lot. Say what we want about France. That's where most of the romantically written shit comes from, you know? Yeah. They
2: didn't uh, invent it per se. It was like a Asian thing, but like they wrote that guy. Their gangsters would write poetry. Like that's how like they got down.
3: And France that is known as a poetic language, right? That's their whole shit was literature and poetry banging bitches. <laughs> Wait, I was thinking of P, uh, the skunk, the rapey skunk. My bad. Oh,
1: yep, Rolo and Pepe Le Pew. That's our, that's our, our French references. And Inspector Cousseau from Pink Panther fame. About as France <laughs> as I get. So that quote that was written by a gangster about his homie. So at 17, he gets caught stealing. And he gets sentenced to three years or three months. So he gets three months in prison. He was with a friend that got a suspended sentence and got to walk. And he was like super pissed. It changed the way he looked at the justice system for the rest of his life. When he was in prison, it was real big in France at the time. He started to associate with like anarchists in prison. I also seen a thing that said a lot of these prisons at the time were similar to death camps. He was subjected to horrors that they had never thought fathomable. Not a pretty prison to be in at 17 years old. No,
3: w- w- wait, cause I'm confused. I expected more of an expert. How did his buddy just get off and this guy got sent to hell?
1: It it really doesn't say. It just said they both got the same sentence, but for some reason that guy got a suspended sentence. So they gave him like a, se- a sentence of a couple months and suspended it. So I don't know if it was because of his previous record it really doesn't say And it honestly It seems like no, For no particular reason Well at least As it's historically told
2: From the the side that we
1: see I mean I
3: would be Pretty pissed too Like You're not gonna give me A reason why this guy Got off What the fuck happened
2: Octavo's friend Blow the judge there We mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean I don't know uh, That judge was Judge Fountain He gobbled under the gavel We
1: So after three months When he got out He went back home And his parents Were pissed That he had got arrested And had to go to prison So they beat the shit Out of him as punishment Nobody he was
3: here to till the fields, dare we. Like, what? We didn't we hire some help? Well, I mean, how quick is their judicial system? Like, you figure they could have got that out of the way before he went to jail for three months.
1: And three months seems like such a small amount of time.
2: You know what I mean? Well, but, like we already mentioned in plague and revolution time in France, you know, like. I mean, it's three months in hell. <laughs> Bathing hadn't hit the region yet, you know, like it was a rough times, you know, like.
3: And <laughs> I mean, thievery. I mean, not gonna keep them in there for too long, especially like you said, if it's hell, three, year, three months in hell. Not like a normal summer.
1: I don't know the way it was described. I just imagine the prison from Batman begins. That's what it sounds like to me in my head. Yeah,
3: probably. I mean, they probably legit still keep them in dungeons and shit.
1: From then on, the rest of his writings, which. When it's all said and done, we have a lot of his writings. When he was just always obsessed with uh, the crookedness of the justice system, and he really threw himself into anarchist groups and anarchist politics. He would have liked him some rage against the machine had it been in his
3: time. They'd rather own his family. With a pocket full of shells.
1: At 18 years old, he said he no longer wanted to go back to work He didn't trust the system. He didn't trust the government. So he decided to commit to a life of crime, but he still wasn't very good at it. So he was out. He was out for three months and got caught and sentenced to two more months. Got sent right back to hell. Almost the same time.
2: Just a little bit shorter.
3: Man, if only he didn't retire from baking at 13.
2: (laughs) Right. He could have been the next Jacques Pepin. Now he's out here doing dirt. Now the accumulated
1: time was starting to bug him. So this time he gets out and he decides still an anarchist, but he doesn't want to go back to prison. So he gets a legit job as like some kind of like a navigation engineer is what it said. They call him like navvies. I'm not too sure what it was. I didn't want to do. That's the least exciting part about the podcast. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to research that anymore. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is sort of it's hard. Just not, it must not be like, here
2: like comp- comparable to like our modern times though, of any kind of an engineer, because at 13 he was done being a baker and a, and a pastry chef. Right. And then at 18, he, he goes into the life of crime and says, you know, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to be a navigation engineer. <laughs> no schooling. No nothing. <laughs> just like that is what <laughs> I call myself there. Uh, right. Okay, I mean, he gave himself a degree Right, he
1: just went and stood down at the dock And called himself a navigational engineer oh, Over who's... ear, over ear Parked a boat over ear uh, a... MNIV, oui eventually the the spot that he was working at went on strike because france at that time they always go on strike and they're, they're they're angry but
2: well, yeah because like with the revolution day like their country would
1: go on strike he participated in the strike and while he was striking at some point the police just showed up and beat the shit out of all the strikers
3: <laughs> for in this time they're just a series of riots and the police come and kick your ass then somebody gets upset again it's another rebel like my bad, girl. It is bound to a crisp revolution, and they do a big revolution, get their ass kicked. But then the next day, somebody gets pissed. And like, this wine and cheese is not good pairing. Revolution, and then they get into a big old thing, and they get shut down again. Like that's they're so quick to just go to rebellion,
2: revolt ready, baby, revolt ready. Just like out of whims, like. <laughs> well, like you said, earlier we were talking about.
1: Like large scale, you know, when they were guillotining people and, you know, whole whole scale revolutions, but still even on the small level. But, this you trickles know, we're down gonna, to the,
2: like, their city politics, like their councilmen and shit are like... With
1: a clearly fake resume, he got a job as a navigational engineer, he should probably just shut up and be happy and
3: then not go on strike. Well, if you could do that, then why didn't he just leave that and be like...
2: No, I am a brain surgeon, we... Like, I mean, if you can call yourself whatever...
3: No, he went in there, they asked him if he knew how to do the job or whatever. He's like, you're going to tell me how to do this Re- revolution? And he just started a big upheaval because he was getting busted he didn't know what he was doing
1: after the strike fight with the police uh, another quote written about him said octave had suffered a vicious beating on a building site in the course of a strike no other man that i have met in my whole life has ever so convinced me of the importance and even the futility of the intellect when confronted with tough primitive creatures like this
2: so as i i take i interpret that as we're kicking him boom I, and he's spitting back knowledge like hey stop being a social like stop being like educated or whatever you're trying to be and fight back like shit. Well, no, it definitely,
1: to
3: me, not understanding either one of these quotes. Could you run Cause I need a translation on that. What was going on? Okay. For
1: one, he suffered a vicious beating. And then he said, he's never more convinced of the futility of intellect when confronted with tough primitive creatures like this.
2: Okay, I thought somebody oh, said that yeah. about him while he was- they, ge- they did. Okay. That was a quote about him. So they said,
1: for one, he got the shit beat out of him. And basically what it sounds like to me is, yeah, he might be a smart guy, but he clearly big brute cops just beat the shit out of him. So he just basically, yeah, probably was a smart mouth, probably was a pretty smart kid, but just didn't have the ass to back it up. What you guys are doing here is illegal and like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. and
2: they he gets attacked, you know?
1: He was very smart, and it sure didn't matter much when the cops just come and start beating the fuck out of people.
3: Word. You can't explain sense to people that just want to punch <laughs> you in the face. That's, And the more, when there's people that want to punch you in the face, the more try to act smart to them, yet the more they want to punch you in the face.
1: Right, because they can do that. They can't argue with you, but they can still keep whapping
2: you with well, that fucking be billy 1880s... club. 1880s french policeman was probably not you know like hey we're just taking all like you know how we used to pick hockey teams in the 80s like yeah come on you guys can fight and
3: those cops are there to break up a riot so it's a riot fight so don't sit here try to explain to me your shit i'm here to arrest you fuckhead get down i'm gonna smack you
2: i have rights here and i will tell you that (laughs) sit the fuck down Got some frog legs and snails to get back to. Sit your ass down. This is the 10th damn strike we had to break up today. And he's like, because he's smart or whatever, because he's an engineer, he said so. (laughs) Um, He's 18 at this time. So like, you're going to tell the cop, even now, flash forward to 2021 or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to tell the cops, hey, bro, I know what I'm a, tell a Detroit cop you know your
3: rights. (laughs) I don't think this guy's that smart. And so now he's like, yeah, man, anarchy. Fuck this shit. When I was in prison, I learned about this system, man. Yeah, Illuminati Freeman. Fuck the police. You guys don't do nothing. Like, that's what Eat he sounds like to me, just as stupid, like, yeah, they don't understand the knowledge that I'm spitting at. These guys are just idiots. Like, no, dummy, you're saying a bunch of nonsense. Like, you don't even know what you're talking about. Well,
2: I don't know how dummy is, though, because he was a navigation engineer. <laughs> yeah. He said so. You, you don't
1: just slide into a position like that. Yeah. He learned anarchy from other anarchists that
2: were in prison, not at yeah. university or something like that. But he's an 18-year-old punk kid. These guys were probably veteran, like, you know, into their rage against the Machine. Or whatever well, it may it have might been, just like...
3: be a bunch of dudes in prison that hate prisons. They're like, you know what? Fuck the government, man. Where are you, like... Yeah, but did you steal that shit? Yeah, but fuck them, though, man. Fuck the system.
1: I would say you go to any prison in any country today, and you will find more anarchists than you will in the average, you know, microcosm of people. Just because you have a bunch of people that are have a different spectrum. Well, they're anti-authoritarian. Anti-author- well,
3: I mean, if this was a serious historian podcast, we'd probably know some shit about the state of the French government in that time because they've gone through their periods of totalitarian or whatever, like... This could be a whole, I had to steal bread because we were too poor and, like, very authoritarian friend Or it could be just a whiny dude that's mad because he got arrested for stealing. Their- he was living
2: Les Miserables.
3: Okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: This time, it was more of a settled time, but it was still high raised tensions against the wealthy. Like, hey, wait a minute, we get up and go to work every day and a lot of these people just live in nice houses and they hated that, you know? And like I said, we said, the French, they tended to just take rich people and chop their head off, so it wasn't quite there, but it was kind of the aftermath of that. It seemed like maybe he was riding some of that wave. Well, we see it a lot. You know, people use excuses to explain their reasons for being a criminal or a sick fuck. The good news out of him getting the shit beat out of him was he only got six days for that. He did his six days and he got out in 1910, the French army started, they started doing conscript, conscriptions again. He fled to Belgium, which was a common thing at the time to avoid, basically, to avoid the draft as a draft dodger.
2: Well, so horrible of a decision. He didn't know about that time Germany's coming there. World War one's come in and they roll through Belgium to get to France
3: whoa spoiler dude
2: <laughs> well no I'm sure this 18 year old didn't after being an engineer didn't join the army of fighting World War one well I mean he clearly he didn't want to fight anything anywhere
1: like that, that was not in his skill set He's like I'm not I'm not trying to fight anything
3: man turns out when you're on the battlefield you can't just try to use your intellect against the enemy and just sort of talk to them because they're brutes
1: well and he's probably not literally smart enough for military intelligence. So, yeah, he's just a smart ass on the battlefield. Like, fuck. (laughs) So now while he was in Belgium, since a lot of people did that, he met up with other groups of French anarchists that had also dodged the draft.
2: This is where the pussies retire. We... (laughs)
1: There he basically picked up a trade that he learned, uh, burglary and counterfeiting. Make a criminal living without consistently getting the shit beat out of him. Their version of white collar crime. Like he brings kind of his group, his little anarchist group, and they come back to Paris. They were called the Merry Men, by the way. <laughs> Octave Garner and the Merry Men. <laughs> Garnier, sorry. Garnier. He would work like odd jobs to make some money, but he would always do kind of burglary part time.
2: You know, you gotta hone your craft. You gotta stay, you know, practice. You know, if you're not doing it, you know, you you don't forget how, but you're not as sharp as you should be. You don't use it, you lose it. Octave got bored real
1: quick of small burglaries, and all the people that knew him would say he always dreamed of bigger, bigger height. Now back in Paris, he met a guy named Jules Benat, or Benoit. Yeah,
3: that <laughs> no, I think makes it, more. Sense. I
1: don't think it's Benoit. I think it's Beno. Okay. So we're gonna go with Jules Benoit. He introduced Octave. to to a more radical form of anarchism called illegalism. Kind of like If you are legal But it's exactly Opposite there We <laughs>
2: Yes
1: <laughs> Well I'm doing research Right And I find out Like okay So now he's gonna go From anarchism To a specific type Of anarchism Called illegalism And I'm like So he's gonna keep Being a criminal yeah. Cause
2: like, everything They've I'm done do? so far Was illegal Even his day job When he was working As a butcher at 13 Was probably some form Of illegal like
3: Well see this is Like I made the joke But the more we go on This is more of the People that like You're not like an anarchist As much as you just Don't want to v- do shit You don't want to work and and shit. Yeah, you just want to steal shit, and then you're mad that you got caught stealing, and then, like, you just hate the state, but you got no skills, so illegalism. I'm just going to rob. Well, and if you look
1: behind—so there is a whole thing, so I had to do at least a little research. So I look into illegalism, and it's based in a form of anarchy that believed in—as the name implies, anarchy is, like, a belief that is all over the place— So you can have all types of different anarchists that have different beliefs, but basically it was that people should be able to govern themselves which eventually turned in there should be no form of government at all. Well, illegalism started kind of based in the, if it's illegal to govern me, then it is not only acceptable, but it's kind of your responsibility to do crime because that, that crime disrupts the system, you know? And the original illegalism, it was kind of like a Robin Hood type thing. You know what I mean? They would kind of steal from the rich people or the government and kick it back to the you know, the working folk and the people. So that was the original concept behind illegalism basically eventually. So at some point evolved into no one had a right to govern anybody. So any crime committed at all was acceptable because it creates chaos which press, puts pressure on the system. Any form of crime at all was not only acceptable, but necessary, basically.
3: See, I so Just call that Joker purge. shit. Yeah.
2: They wanted the purge, but not for one night. Like, hey, it should be the purge forever. <laughs> all the time. Because all... all crimes are not punishable. So, yep, that dude had to rape and burn my wife. Sorry. It had yeah. to happen. All, all crimes system. are
1: acceptable because it disrupts the system. So in Jules Banat... Tells Octave this, and he's got an anarchist game already. That belief system fit real well with his...
2: Already doing bunch of crimes?
1: Well, and his bigger heist plan. So it basically made him go, well, look, not only do I want to be... Not only do I want to do bigger heist... It's actually, like, my responsibility.
2: It, it's my duty there to rob the bank. Like, no, it's not, bro. You you suck at breaking in that l- little old lady's house. Now you want to rob a bank because this dude said that should be law?
1: The plans of Octave, he started to basically come up with plans. And what he figured out is that they could be more successful in the crimes if, with more money, they could get access to more cutting-edge technology that wasn't available to the French police and government at the time. So that's kind of his game plan he came up with. That came to fruition... On December 21st, 1911. But not in Octave. They catch a collection clerk leaving the bank with the daily Hall. So he's got the bags. And the two of them come up to the street. And Octave shot him in the neck, dropped the guy, and he was still alive. He stood over him and shot him in the chest. And then they took the bags and left. Oddly enough, the guy still... Oh, it was, uh, it was a bank that was called uh, Societe Generale Bank, which is still around to this day. Each member of the gang got 5126 francs. The bank, because it's still around today, they got like detailed information on the robbery. So after they shot them, grabbed the bank, uh, grabbed the bags, they left in a stolen Dulaney Belleville car.
2: My mom had an Avon Cologne with that stuff.
1: <laughs> it's really important to show the cars in this stories because we talk about old-timey and we picture old-timey cars. And I'm like, no, well, I mean, because this is obviously
3: like a super fancy For the people at home, version.
2: that's Model T old-timey if yeah. you've got a picture in your head. like
3: Right. so Model just, T, that's a Model S. Right. That's before the T even came to be.
1: So we're talking old, old, old-timey cars. They had stolen that a week before. They pulled up grabbed the bags, jumped in the car, and left. And this is the first time on record that somebody fled a crime scene in an automobile. These times
3: oh, these times are changing
2: Oh, and what a trend did those guys set. <laughs> we're just, we're right here. We're about 11 years away from guys hanging off the rails of them with Thompsons and fucking, yeah. You know, that's uh Oh, what a trend. Oh, the whole NASCAR, the bootlegging thing. Well, like,
3: yeah. whatever, they had a plan that was their plan. Get some technology the cops weren't ready for. Skirt away. Well, these the guys,
2: like if in a small way, these guys probably invented the police car. The need for the police car. No, and that it, makes sense. Even now today, like you flash forward a hundred years up, like they're still chasing us around. You know what I mean?
3: And I was going to say, man, they're so smart because they stole it like a week ago or whatever. But like that's smart in today's time because you had, to, and then it's on track. Like back then they just had to make sure they had a car because you couldn't go <laughs> out onto the street and steal a fresh
1: one. Right. right. So they took it a week ago
2: because they they
1: didn't know yeah. when they might see Neither another car. It
3: would be smart not to have to steal it. But yeah, well, we got 50 horses or one car.
2: All his getting beat up and all his, like, shortcomings and, like, dim-witted crime, like... Once he took it to the automobile and became, like, Grand Theft Auto Paris, 1910...
1: Basically, it came down to he wanted... He so didn't want to get his ass beat ever again... That he that what is the fastest
2: way that I can get away from with any? And like you said, it, it's vague because that's around the time automobiles were hit, and if that's traceable, that that's the first time that a car was used in a crime. Like, oh fuck, that's a nice little fucking uh, fun fact, folks. Like, save that one. Like, <laughs> after their first crime, they were ecstatic. They got five thousand francs
1: apiece, which a long time ago, I don't know what the transition rate, but it seems 19, to check yeah. out that they were making a lot of money. So they were they were pretty fired up. Now in a group of criminals that fancied themselves illegalists. They described this at this point that Octave quickly became the most diabolical and least remorseful person I'd ever seen in his life. Like once he realized, oh shit, this car thing worked, he was like, bam, my technology plan, cars and repeater rifles and the french police didn't have access to that kind of equipment and if they got that they could do basically whatever the fuck they wanted
2: kind of the exact same thing Mm -hmm. at the exact same time was going on here like because a lot of these casts that go back to like your your purple gang or the early mob shit the exact same thing once they got faster cars they had eight cylinders they still had the slow regular like police truck things we had thompson's they had like 22 Mm -hmm. revolvers right little revolver specials (laughs) So this is the French version of, like, this exact same fucking thing. Minus the mobbiness. This guy's not very mob at all, but, like, he's, a. Uh... Anarchist
1: was supposed to be support of the working man against, you know, the rich and the, the government, you know? His justification is... This is a quote he wrote. Why kill workers? They are vile slaves, and without them there'd be no bourgeoisie and no rich. Basically thought not only is it mandatory to commit crimes to create chaos. He needs
2: to do population control.
3: Well, it's, it's, this is pre-industrial age, so people are the production. They are the machine. It's today if you wanted to get rid of Amazon, you'd bust up an Amazon factory. Like To him, people, that goes back to him being diabolical. He probably doesn't view people's people. He just saw them as the cogs in the machine take them out, destroy the machine.
1: On December 28th, 1911, they broke into a Paris gun shop and looted that. First crime was get a car. Second crime was rob a bank. Third crime was load up on guns. Probably should have hit the gun store first, but it seemed like they got by fine anyways. They're winning
2: at this point is from the car robbery on. Winning? Duh. Charlie Sheen in this robbery shit. January second, nineteen
1: twelve, they broke into the home of a wealthy French mate, Frenchman named Louis Moreau. They looted his house and made him open a safe. They got a haul of thirty thousand francs, and then they murdered him and his maid in the house. Damn. The press started to refer to them as the auto bandits.
3: Is there no other cars in front? Like I get like the first one was like, damn, they use a car, but at this point aren't the police like, hey, uh, You should probably get a couple of those car things, huh? Like
2: how people copycat, even in Europe, like, hey, man, you know, let's quit rolling these horses up to rob this train. Let's drive into town and rob a bank. Well, the problem was
1: there just wasn't, cars weren't in production like that. So they were so expensive. All the cars that they stole were these, like, very rich, expensive, like, high-end cars. Because at that time...
2: Like, it was so rare. Probably the that... equivalent to a rich dude having a helicopter pad at his mansion
1: no, or something. No,
3: they're, they're, like, stealing Bugattis and, like, Ferraris and shit, and the cops are trying to catch them down in a Taurus. Like, they just can't do it.
1: At the time, they were referred to as the auto bandits. Then people started to call them the Banat Gang or the Bonote Gang. What oh, we didn't the... know is
3: this is what Fast and the Furious was based off of. This is the French and the Furious. Yes.
1: At the time, they didn't call themselves anything, though. So amongst themselves, they were just... Just a group of anarchists that was... They were illegals. They were practicing illegalism. Yeah. After the murder of Louis Moreau, when they started getting articles out about the auto bandits and pressure started to mount, they decided to lay low for a while, and they left Paris and went back to Belgium to lay low. What we're going to do is uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break right now. So we'll take a smoke break, refill our drinks, and we'll be back in a minute.
0: Kids in bandanas and masks, waving pistols and racks We'll overthrow the government one day Matter of fact, grab a gun, we'll see you next Sunday I'm the antithesis of conformity I can weather the storm, storm like the beach in Normandy. I'ma ring the alarm like My blood is thicker than boat rope
1: Just real quick, want to ask you to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Go to Apple iTunes, give us a five star rating, and leave us a review, and we'll read it on the show. If you have any questions, comments, or a guy that you would recommend we cover, you can email us at sayhello to the bad guy podcast at gmail.com. We also want to thank Sixfo Sueno for letting us use his music in the intro. You can subscribe to him on YouTube and also a friend of the show, Cancer. He's got an art, photography, and graphic design page at Eyes Bleed Defiance on Instagram. You can see a lot of his work, including our cover art, which he designed. And he also performed the mid-show song, Blood, from his album, Grenades, Pistols, and Rape Whistles. Now back to the show. Alright, we're back. So when we let off, the auto bandits, Octave and his uh, group, had decided to uh, slow it down a little bit and go to Belgium and lay low. The first thing he did, he sold a stolen car that
2: they were, everybody was looking for. Since one in every 10,000 people have a car back in them times, not laying low, but go on. He sold it to this guy. What happened was the guy was,
1: you know, is a different country. So this guy was driving around the car until
2: eventually. He about something. to get popped and shit. Like, oh, there's the fucking wet bandits. We got that- them that's what happened was they put together operation
1: to find them because they had seen the car driving around in a neighborhood. And once they finally put it together and found out it was just some guy that had bought the car and they were long gone hiding out. So we were
3: back in Paris this of, was back before they needed pink slips.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you just showed up with a car Said you want it. I give it to, you know, well, we were for real though, bro. Cause there was no such like a DMV. There was no license. There yeah. was no, So
3: there was no paper trail.
2: If you want one of these mechanical horses that takes gasoline, go right ahead.
3: That's so crazy. Like, I'm, like, no wonder crime was so rampant back in the day. Like, you just get away with it. Like, yeah. Well, it was coming out of Wild West slash medieval
2: type times. Not really medieval, but, like, as they got modern. Like, just like us here, like, in the early 2000s, our mobs and shit turned into, like, a lot more credit card fraud and identity theft. And they still do dirt, dirt, but like... I mean, and it trickles down. Even like your bikers and your street gangs, all that, they all have like a technical side now. Just like, like Dan saying, like these guys, you know, like... yeah. Well, at the time, this was the high tech, ver- you know what I mean? They were thinking outside of the boxes.
1: Because other people were just like robbing trains on horses and shit like that.
3: They were thinking outside the horse.
1: Like, I like this time period because it's kind of a lot like... Like, World War One is a crazy war because of the fact that you still had some armies that had a traditional cavalry that would wear, you know, big hats with flowers on them and ride horses and stuff like that. But you also had, like, you know, the famous World War One picture of the German soldier that is on a horse with a machine gun and a gas mask. You know what right. I mean? It was like a real crazy kind of in between time this era of crime is also kind of that same thing where you you know what i mean you still got like all these like you said wild west old
2: world remnants but you see this other stuff starting to creep in well yeah all the comedy aside like this guy's no genius they just were the first by happenstance and luck too they wanted technology but to get in a car and do that like i said man think about just comprehend that for a second look what that sparked
3: and that's okay so That just sounds so simple like i really am just imagining them like sitting down like a car drives by and they're just kind of like man bet you we can get away if we we're in one of those why don't we just and take nobody that one ever, yeah. Like, yeah why don't we but dress that's like, illegal. we're illegalists. dress what like we the do.
2: Beatles on sergeant pepper like one's got a purple suit one's got a yellow suit one's got a, a mint green suit like they're just writing poetry be and...
3: illegal rangers that's yeah they do Yeah, we should steal
2: their car, we. I bet that's much faster
1: than a horse. I am the
3: Rouge Ranger.
2: Moulin Rouge
1: Ranger. (laughs) I thought it was pretty slick. It was a smart plan to sell off the car and then kind of leave leave, leave without it.
3: Some would say it was Swarmy. What was the name? (laughs) Swarthy. Swarthy. Such a weird word. I don't
2: like it. Well, yeah, because the Jean-Claude Van Damme of over there, like he got caught, hemmed up. No, he got let go right away. Like, oh, it's not him. He's not even French, you know, but. Yeah. But still, it blew. It held the cover long enough as they're investigating. Fuckface, they're they're back in Paris or whatever. They're right
1: because they didn't pick up their cell phones. So someone sees this car, they gotta send like a fucking I don't know a pony express or a you know what I'm saying. No a milk cartons. Telegram. Have you seen me or like you know what I mean? It's not. So you gotta commit a major time operation just to find this guy, and then by the time that's done, you just bought yourself a fucking what three weeks to a month right. or some shit. Where that was slick. Their first attempt at getting another car, they tried to carjack a guy, and they they killed the guy driving the car, and then they ended up killing a Belgian policeman, but didn't get away with the car. I don't I don't see how you kill that many motherfuckers. Like what what made you shoot a couple guys and then just and even, yeah, illegal?
3: What's that illegal? Yeah? Illegal we. We are legalists. It is illegal. We should do it.
2: Even in the not sophisticated times, though, I always beat this drum when that part of the story comes up. Because it comes up a lot in these casts. Once you kill a cop, asshole. Here comes the tailspin.
3: Well, I mean, for them, the cop is the extra glory. That's Oh, yeah, for their the mine.
2: I'm just saying, I don't care if it's modern times, if it's the 30s, if it's 1890, when you kill a law enforcement... You know, it it is kind of like, uh, we use it. Oh, illegalism. It is a good
1: fallback because if that's your ultimate or your mission statement, no matter what, like you said,
2: oh, we didn't get a car. Ah, we shot a couple people. Illegalism. We did good. Good. Illegalism and anarchism, like the cop is both. He's. Rich, protecting their society, and he's a authoritarian. He's he's the authority. Right. So, yeah. So, they get a rich guy. Win-win. Win, boom. Yeah. Now, the guy that had the car, he just was wrong for owning the car, dare we.
1: Well, he must cop, be rich, right? The I cop mean,
2: deserved it. They gave up. They said, okay, maybe our problem is
1: we keep trying to steal cars on the, on the street. Like, maybe we should steal one from a garage. And then February 27th, while stealing an expensive car from a garage in Place des Hoover. Place to Hoover. We're gonna go with. Place they, to hover? While stealing the car, they, they shot and killed two police officers. Oh wow. Score. But they're racking up points. As Jay Bone pointed out, by now in Belgium they were very they they don't put up with that we shit. we
2: rode the pony express like one of the boys in blue got it, so now
3: take that shit back to France.
2: So
1: Octave being the diabolical genius he is, says, uh, let's take this back to France old fucking timey crime is <laughs> ridiculous hokey pokey I will right take, over that
2: border i will take three months to write my poetry and then i will be back with vengeance they have never seen there
1: a big day oh, for yeah. the uh oh, yeah. the banat gang was march 25th 1912
2: they stole that fire truck
1: <laughs> so this is uh called a uh, de dion bouton car so this is like a classic classic of cars it's uh considerably smaller but I do like it's the beginning of running boards, which you probably need because it only looks like it has a seat or two.
2: But the rest of the merry poets
3: hang on well, the outside the last car you showed had running boards. Oh, did it? Yeah.
1: It also had a back seat, though, which is... I, mean, this I is think my... a
3: lot of the old ones had running boards because they just like connected a... both wheel wells, like, together. Like, <laughs> right. This is
2: probably more the equivalent of the first, like, Ferrari. Like, this one's more sporty. That one's, like, a big
3: Cadillac, like, of them This times. was the Compact. Those were yes.
2: sedans. Now that I am <coughs> in the Ford Edge, there we,
1: they will <laughs> never see <laughs> my
3: dust. This is the Mini Cooper. Yeah. So, they picked up
1: this car by... So, after the shootout with the cops in the garage, they said, you know, we're just going to go back to ripping them off the street the classic yeah flip and flop right so you they don't f- stop. they found this one going down the street killed the driver and so took they it. straight
3: grand
2: theft auto <laughs> these are worse than those kids in new camden new jersey do they have to kill every drive you or is it the rich people not giving it up like i mean because it I wasn't think a big they thing they are
3: just assholes and they just murder people and i think they're they're mad we are anarchists we are legal they're just assholes And they're just uh, nothing more than a game, but they're going to claim political shit. Hey, can you
2: please not kill... If you are rich enough to have a car, don't ask.
3: (laughs) Oh, no, now we have a car. Do not (laughs) kill (laughs) us. Look, that would be my thing. They go steal it. I'd be like, cool, because I stole it. Like, that would be my first thing.
1: Well, that's definitely something as you read the story, and I didn't want to get too into it because I knew as I'm drinking, I'm not going to get way into, you know the theory of anarchism, but this is also when even the other anarchists were like, well, Hey dude, for one, that's fucked up. And for two, you're the rich guy. Now you have all these cars and guns and money and shit. Like that's
2: not the first one. Even though that dude got hemmed up with the police, you sold it to him. Should you not have Robin Hoodly kicked it to the next criminal in Belgium? Right. Like, is it, isn't that more what you're? No,
3: I mean, technically we are poor. So now I'm more like an
2: entrepreneur. And I like to make money off everything. I'm diversifying my portfolio. Like,
3: yeah. well, then you're one of the rich assholes you're trying to kill. I actually do not have the money. It is not liquid right now. It is tied <laughs> up in stocks at the Societal General Bank. It's in futures. We? Oh no, we stole the stocks from the bank. Oh, silly ass. And I mean, just to clarify, like you said, we're going to get drunk and we're not going to get too much into it, but you can be an anarchist. That just means you're against the state. You could be still like capital, love, money, everything, mm-hmm. and still be an anarchist.
2: Right. Just some form of not believing in authority. Like you don't have to be totally anti-government or totally And you don't have
3: to kill everyone and be like, "Hey, this is what we do. That's just straight illegalism. Like <laughs> it seems like illegalism is just the assholes of like, anar- like anarchists are like, no, these guys are just criminals. That's it. Like, <laughs> they're just bad guys. Illegalism. N- criminals.
1: So now the next two pictures are pretty funny, but they're both artist renderings. We're talking about early 1900s. So photography wasn't where it is now and stuff like that. So they would work with a lot of like stenographers and artists is how they would do stuff. So they would interview people, you know, cause they just didn't have access to a lot of pictures. My next two pictures our artist renderings from witness testimonies on uh, a couple of their crimes. First one of the carjacking when they took the Dion Bouton car.
2: Now, before you hit the button real quick, do you have real, for later in the cast, do you have real photos of this gentleman? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, have I didn't picture. want to ruin, because yeah. I want to take a guess, but go ahead.
1: Well, yeah, that's what, like, a lot of the stuff I had to look. I have pictures of him. There was pictures of the other guys, too. I didn't but yeah, as far as, like, crimes and real life shit, the yeah. pictures are a lot fewer and farther between
2: well this is like you stated this is from a time when so
1: this is a witness description of the the carjacking you, you said grand theft auto it's not even that they just pulled up and shot that yeah that's like how i would
2: imagine like an armored car of the day being jacked
1: they, they steal this car on the street right later that night they go to say the name of that bank again
2: Society general.
3: This, yeah, the general society. Societe generale? Something like that.
1: Yeah, but this one was in Chantilly. So same bank, but different branch. But now they're going with a different approach. So this time they went in and half the gang started shooting the employees while the other half jumped started the, the, look, bagging up money yeah bagging up money and uh this is kind of the most
2: famous picture of the bannock gang that looks like an early batman comic book like where like that's joker's squad or whatever you know, not the killing of people just the like but like you said it's an artist rendering you know it's a it's cartoonish for the people the driver
3: has driving goggles Pilot pilot
2: goggles like,
3: and he had to have had that for that to be a witness testimony like for him to have. So he was just rocking some driver's goggles.
1: Right, because that would be an odd thing to just throw on a pitcher if it wasn't like you know at one of them. <clears throat> one of them had those, but like you definitely see the progression that at one point I
2: mean they're always pretty violent in their crimes.
3: Well, yeah, they killed everyone well right but now they're just running and shoot up
2: like you four go in and kill everybody you four go in and bag up the money
1: i
3: mean in terms of the crime if you're gonna like it's less to have to deal with kill them all and take the money i have to worry about someone sneaking up on you
1: they escaped in the car that they stole off this one, and this as they escaped in their automobile, they were pursued by two policemen, one on horseback and another on a bicycle. A <laughs> so bicycle. this chase, this chase
2: lasted what about ten minutes?
3: I'm imagining like not even like the bicycle of today, but like those crazy like the it's big got ass wheel. Giant <laughs> wheel and the small one. He's up there pedaling like a Hello. man tricycle.
1: <laughs> Between the amount of police officers they killed. They're even just murdering people on the streets. So now, like, the anarchist community,
2: everybody had it out for
1: well, them. Civilians so could...
3: are going to be looking so out for you now. So they created the drive-by? That's, like, their new thing. They started that? No, Ooh.
2: they probably created the uh, report a crime, stay anonymous. Like, Because now where regular people probably felt sympathy, like, hey, man, these guys are for us. Now they're like, hey, man, these fools just kill people for nothing. Right, it takes off the
1: romanticized edge of it, like, oh, I'm not, no, these motherfuckers, my my aunt worked at that bank. (laughs) You know, she just got shot up for going to work one day.
3: Well, I mean, when they view you as the cog in the machine, not as a fellow Frenchman, like, yeah, they're just shooting everybody. Hide your daughters, hide your wife, they killing everybody. (laughs)
1: Like, the local police chiefs, the politicians, they ramped up, like, this was... Pre-terrorism, there was basically like just multi-terrorist acts all over Paris. You know what I mean? And it became like a huge political deal. The police spent 800,000 francs, which at the time was a shit ton of money, to ramp up and what we talked about earlier to bring in guns and cars and extra, you know, deputize extra people. Like, just we're just getting fucked up on the streets out here. Like, we need to do something. Like, we're getting the shit kicked out of us by fucking little Octave and his group of
2: psychopaths.
3: So oh, That's what they were going by nowadays. <laughs> it's a better uh, name.
2: We're the Psycho Poets. Thank you.
1: The Society General Bank put out a $100,000 reward for any advice or any information. That any
3: we... advice? How do
2: you guys think we should handle this? <laughs> when we see these little brightly dressed poets come in here, how should we lock the goddamn door?
3: Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have any Shit. ideas on how we should do this? <clears throat>
2: Get a car. (coughs) If the 1910 version of like Cam Newton's suit comes walking towards you, like lock the fucking door.
3: Well, going back to the anarchist thing, I think this bank needs to get a little anarchy in them and decide, okay, outside of the state, we are rich. If the cops can't afford cars, we're a bank. We can afford cars. Well, these... We can afford a couple guards. Like, why isn't the guy, car... like, they're putting up this $100,000 know $1, what... warrant? How many cars could you buy with that? Like, why don't you guys you get what's some shit You know, it's funny. Their
2: cars came shortly after this time and they were the armored cars. Like, we got fucking Jean Pierre and fucking Garnier to thank for that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> right. Like, now we banks... have bulletproof cars because you idiots just shoot people for money, shoot people for cars, shoot people for. Well, there's too many of you, you just, you guys got regular jobs, you're working slave slobs, you're making the rich guys richer, bam, bam, like, <laughs> God, what, what the so fuck? So you're just going to kill the whole world? And and that is true, because yeah, they do
1: armor cars now, this started with them killing a guy that was walking down the street with the bags of money, like a fucking DuckTales cartoon and shit. <laughs> Octave was the first one to say, hey, we could just kill him and grab that.
2: No, we can't, the bank is closed.
1: Now, what they did was, yeah, it did gravitate towards, you know, eventually armor cars, and yeah, they started paying to arm, you know,
2: employees and shit like that. So we invented the security guard.
3: See, well, I mean, technically, then they started. They, congratulate you spread anarchy because now the cot, the banks are relying on their own shit, not the state-funded policing. So they, they yeah, they do. Banks bit. do their
1: own security. They started
3: privatizing the security sector. So where to go, legalists? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking did. You marched up anarchy. Good job.
1: Over the next month, most of the gang was either arrested, shot while being arrested, or sometimes they were lynched in the street by trying to get arrested. <laughs> sometimes the police were <laughs> trying to, trying to
3: be... stop resisting. Stop We're gonna hang you! You keep resisting. He resisted all the way till we kicked the chair out from underneath him.
2: So, like someone like Ice Cube's mom, like, that even applied back then, like you only gonna live in living that life, boy, you only gonna end up one place: dead or in jail. Or dead going to jail like yep
1: the police would be trying to arrest them, and sometimes a group of people would just lynch him and kill them before the police <laughs> could arrest them and shit well i'm sure the police weren't trying too hard uh just uh, <laughs> to stop oh them. that's, no. that's <laughs> fun you know Please right no.
3: put down the rope i guess or no
1: so the last three of the gang were jules jules Benoit, octave garnier and renee valet
2: Tough ass sounding motherfuckers.
3: I mean, why are we just now hearing about Renee van Yeah, Renee. I mean if I one mean, of your G's
2: if one of your G's in your main crew is Renee, if, I mean
3: I mean anyone whose first name and last name rhyme, we need them front and center. Yeah. Fuck like, this Banat guy that's but not. We need Rene Valet.
1: Right. If anybody was born to be a psycho poet, it was fucking Rene Valet. The problem is there are so many people in this gang. At some point, it's like ah, you know what? Like they were the, the, like the French Wu
2: Tang Clan. Dare we? Well,
1: and and you guys heard me try to you say Society. You heard me try to say Society General. So do you right. guys want to hear me list twelve fucking <laughs> French, French names? We, do you have to yes, butcher? We've heard you <laughs> yeah. say Society
3: General. So yes, we would. Uh, a- April 24th. Oh, r- dirty bastard. Inspector
2: Depp. Ghostface face killer. Oui?
3: I love how you <laughs> couldn't even do that in a French accent. No, You're like, no, no I'm just going to say that. De- All puns aside, I'm just going to start saying routine names.
1: Well, I mean, we got to finish it, right? I mean, you can't be disrespectful to the fucking And they in. are
2: not
3: nothing to fuck with. We. Oui? <laughs> so I have heard.
1: Uh, April 24th, pr- three police officers got a tip and they caught Jules Bonneau. At an apartment of a suspected fence. They kind of knew there was a local criminal. And they heard that uh, Jules Bonat might be there. But no. I can, I say it right and then fuck it up the next time. But So the police show up. Andy was there. Shocker. He pulls out his gun and starts shooting them, Killed one. Wounded another one. And then took off running across the fucking. The rooftops of Paris. And ran away from the
3: cop. So now he invented parkour. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> you cannot catch me. Capel, take to the roofs. And the point of these, you know, like
2: we have a good time. We smoke, we drink, and we talk about these stories. We never really glorify the violence. But I got to tip my gangster part of my hat to these guys. These motherfuckers killed a lot of cops in their short little <laughs> fucking poetic, like 15-year run here. Like, Well, there, there's no in between. You know, <laughs> they don't kill any other gangsters. They only kill cops and innocent people. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, they have do. a, like, cops and citizens. That's everybody
1: well,
3: they, they cast a wide net well, because, because they, all of the criminals are doing illegal shit therefore they're doing illi- <laughs> they're on our side eh <laughs> they, they start off
2: that. killing in their mindset killing the rich people but then by the time they get so psychotic well the poor people are just helping them make them rich so we're going to kill them and definitely fuck the cop so we only kill rich people poor people and cops. that's, well, what uh, everybody, that's in everybody in the world at that time but that's
3: what i'm saying i don't even think they weren't polite they just use that as their asshole like they just want to do whatever they want to do that they just they're joker shit like but they acted like it's political like no you just want to be an asshole and steal and rob and shit and you just want to see the world burn and that's cool whatever that's what you do but don't act like you're fucking robin hood in the mirror to Men. you duke
2: they would say why so serious
3: <laughs> <laughs> would you like to know how i got these scars do you ever dance with a devil on a pale moonlight dare we <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: uh so
3: on, bob but... you are my number one guy <laughs>
1: On uh, April 28th, they eventually ended up tracking Benoit back to a... Uh, it was a converted...
3: <laughs> we on the, Jared Ladder's we Oh, but the big uh, hunky hunka.
1: <laughs> he <laughs> couldn't not run the gambit. Well, why, why leave him out? hunk hunker. Humker.
3: Like, Well, did we get uh, I mean, is there a Cesar Romero in there? I honestly... Uh, that's before my time. I don't know anything <laughs> he's ever said. I got
2: said. you. Zoink.
1: <laughs> when <laughs> when Robin punched him.
3: I mean, we can act like Banff was above my <laughs> fist at some point. I, I, don't...
1: I, I was about to try and do it with a French accent, and I almost said Elzoink. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's actually not French Is either. That would have been <laughs> Lezoink, oui.
3: <laughs> La boom, I have a mustache that I shall just paint over.
1: They, they track him back to a, a garage in a Paris suburb that he had converted into like a. A band cave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, a fucking like a fault, like. Last stand. My you know, secret it, lair.
2: His bunk area. We.
1: It, it only had one entrance, so it's kind of easy for him to keep the police at bay. At one point, and I said earlier, they really stepped up. You know, they dumped a bunch of money into it. They had five hundred armed police, soldiers, and private gun owners all to surround the area to run. And you
2: did the there. research. Please say one goddamn car,
1: <laughs> just in case this motherfucker runs. Did they? Have oh, a car? I forgot it for the slideshow. It would have been the best picture the World War 1 little fucking machine gun on the on the tripod where you yeah. sit indian style and shoot it they had one of those like they legitimately because of Octave Garnier and these goofballs they're so like this dude is little, we're going like arm first this bitch.
2: blood when uh Rambo's in that cave and there's only one way in and they're like they shoot a missile in there they <laughs> flamethrow it they, <laughs> they yes they eventually
1: end up taking them and after like a back of four shooting wise they they took the spot and Benoa was shot 10 times. When they found when they found him, he was still alive. He didn't end up dying till 10 hours later and they were trying to keep him alive. But like I said earlier, the lynchings and stuff, such a big mob like uh showed up to try and kill Benoa. They had to lie and say he was already dead and pack his body up like it was dead to pull him out of there because the whole mob of people just wanted to kill him. So yeah. even though the body was still alive, that is still one of those things where I think you think they would have just let him fucking kill him, you know what I mean, or just put another bullet in his head. But well, they tried to keep
2: him alive. It, but theory wise, like I don't get that. I'll never understand that because I'm sure it's never said. But like, why keep him? Do you want to make him pay for his crimes, whatever? Like, and when you said they had that machine gun and all of our stories with the body so riddled with bullets, the police lost count. Like this dude only got shot ten times out of all that firepower. No, he was outmanned <clears throat> twenty two thousand to one. Who's this guy? The French Osama bin Laden? Like, God damn. I mean, he's just in his little cave and we can't get him. And like, uh, uh,
3: because of legalism. I guess so, man. <laughs> just man, because illegalism.
1: Now it was basically just uh, Octave and Rene Valet. They ended up on May 14th, 1912. They end up in a uh, similar situation. So they were in a safe house in uh, Nogent, St. Marne. And it got raided by police. They were really heavily armed and they, like I said earlier, they had repeater rifles and like they had high end weaponry for the time. They ended up, they didn't have as many as Benoit did, but they had 300 police officers, but they did a considerably better job. So they had a six hour shoot off with the police. They shot, they they killed a police officer and wounded two other ones. Eventually it got to the point,
2: these guys,
1: that in order to get them out, they had to sneak two guys in and put dynamite under the building. And blow up pieces of the building Damn. <clears throat> Once they blew up the building with dynamite Everything cooled down So they went in <laughs> they
3: <again. tends> <laughs> After they put out the bit. fire
2: Everything cooled down
3: they were, Poof, You guys cool? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you still want to go?
1: But it turned out once they went in after they hit the place with dynamite, when they seen they couldn't really defend it anymore, both of them just shot themselves in the head. And, and it was kind of gross because there was a lot of... like a, <laughs> It
3: wasn't one of those clean headshots.
2: Yeah, it wasn't a nice suicide.
3: Well, because there's a lot it of... right, was Aki, the brains went all over where. Ew. Well, there's a lot
1: of writings between both Octave and like a lot of his, you know, not a lot of, but some of the other guys. So there's information out there on what their thought process was and stuff like that. And they used to mention it all the time, blowing their brains out. And they would never say, like, shoot yourself or kill yourself. Or they would always say, blow your brains out. Because to them, that was, they said it's their way to... Open up their mind. To be free until the end. Like, so no matter what, they're never going to take me. I will, you know what I mean? I'll blow out my brains before I get caught, before I stop
3: illegalism. Yes. were a couple killmongers,
1: killmoggers. And so they found out they both had killed themselves all through the shootout. They had took turns while one was keeping the police at bay, shooting out, shooting them up. The other one would burn. They burned over $10,000 or 10,000 francs. So one was burning the money while the other one was
2: shooting it, shooting out with the cops. Once again, don't throw that out like a back window. Like...
1: Well, I mean, I think it goes back to the like the chaos theory shit. Like, even though it was more important, like, okay, the only thing we, we're going to die here. The only thing we can do is... Kill as many of these people as possible and, I don't know, it's us burn this money or something. Stay true to the
2: end there, though. They got him in this shootout, they got him a Every time you mention something with these dudes, any of these poets, and some fucking cops, one or two cops die. They fucking didn't miss an opportunity. I believe Ice-T wrote a song about them.
1: Cop killer! that's uh ice tea wrote it that's a body count production oh,
3: okay. okay nerd don't try to up my, you my can just let that go nobody cares about body count uh,
1: i care about body i care they care about, body
3: about count. ice tea
2: nobody even knows body count that little bitch is on fucking law and order now he ain't no g <laughs> so
1: one of the final quotes in uh guy uh guy manifesto i love penis he's he's popular with chicks He's a real chick magnet, apparently. Yeah,
2: so shut your mouth. Yeah, the Jay. one guy in the fucking villa with a fucking car and a fucking <laughs> duffel bag full of Franks, some guns. You hey, know what hey, I mean? He... Bitches love bad, but boy- it don't matter what society. You could be, you know, the Mid Eastern
3: Arabic. What do good girls like bad guys, eh? I make the good girls go bad, we. I mean, he was he was swervy, so gets what, well.
1: So what? one of the quotes, one of his final quotes in his manifesto was Remember that I defended myself against the oppressors with all means at my disposal. So that's what he wanted to be remembered by
2: as a guy that... But all they remember is yeah. the brains blown out. Hey,
1: that That's what he really wanted, right? You guys said yeah. brain, brains blown out a thousand times. And that's ultimately how you went out. I mean, that's like that fucking, uh, like the mass shooter shit, right? You show up, kill a bunch of people, and just shoot yourself when you're done. It's a bitch way out. Yep. Yeah. So in 1928, a movie came out, a silent movie called The Man Who Laughs. It stars Conrad Veidt as a guy, like the main guy of the character is Gwynplaine. Now it's an adaption from a Victor Hugo's, not a Hugo novel. Now that's the same guy that wrote Les Miserables. So most of his writings were based around this French Revolution and was really influenced by like the anarchy culture and stuff like that. It was written earlier in the 1800s, the original Man Who Laughs, the novel. In 1928, when they remade the movie, it was kind of based like even anarchists after after the Bonnet Gang or the Bonot Gang was done, even anarchists tried to be like, hey, we're not down with that. <laughs> we do, that's not us. But the French government and governments in general used that as the example of this is what anarchists are. That kind of brought like that kind of culture back up, and that's when they decided to kind of remake this old novel. Now Conrad Veidt's character, Gwen Plain, is what has been commonly referred to as the
2: original joker
1: the inspiration for the joker's look in doing the research for this i i heard this kind of interesting thing that kind of in like a 6 degrees of separation kind of tied this gang to the inspiration for joker basically out of the fact that you know it comes from the french rev you know the french revolutionary anarchist period he kind of reintroduced the high, highest level of anarchism which kind of made them remake the movie cuz it was something that was back in the Zeitgeist and then this guy turned into inspiration for Joker but he was really just the inspiration for the look of Joker right. when they seen the look they said that's what the Joker looks like but people do say he was he, i mean he was an anarchist he was an illegalist and he was a psychopath if you were to try to tie down a real life example of the Joker that the closest that you would come to is uh Octave Garnier.
3: word. Sounds about right. I did say Joker shit a whole bunch. And then soon he said the man who laughs. I was just, I was waiting for yeah, the whole explanation. I was waiting ever. for you to get to the thing. Like, yeah, it's the Joker. Like soon he said, the man who laughs I was like, yeah, it is Joker shit.
1: So that's the story of Octave Garnier.
0: So say good night to the bad guy. Come on. Last time you're gonna see a bad
1: guy like this again, let me tell you. So now so now we gotta cast this. We've told the story. You guys haven't seen a picture yet. I have a picture here. It's not a drawn picture, it's an actual picture. But as of right now, if we were to try and cast a movie about Octave Garnier, who do you think you would pick to play him?
3: Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Heath Ledger. I don't know if Heath Ledger could pull it off, man. It's tough to say.
3: Yeah, I mean I don't know, a tiny little dark handsome anybody but
1: anybody but jared leto yeah i'm thinking i just
2: in my head real quick of actors i'm trying to get like um feverish eyes i can't really
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure what that looks like well all right well, here, here we got a picture of Octave Garnier. Oh wow! I wouldn't have even been called. It's Poe from Star Wars.
3: Yeah, Oscar <laughs> Isaac. Fuck.
1: Uh, that's what you said, Oscar Isaac. I thought, uh, I thought he looked like the guy that plays uh, from uh, uh, Rogue One, the su- fighter, Superbad, the uh, McLovin. McLovin, oh, McLovin. without McLovin? his glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I he like McLovin. I see it now <laughs> a little bit. Well, the, the tough part is I look at him and I'm like, oh, he looks. Okay, so when I started doing the research, I don't do, I can't do read the story, do the research, and look at the picture, because the pictures pop up the whole time. Yeah. So I see him, and I was like, oh, who's this little goofball? You're going to tell... You know what I mean? Like, I'm about to hear he's going to do a whole shitload of crime, and he looks like a goof. And then a lot of the stuff, as you're reading it, they're like, oh, he's handsome, he's good-looking, chicks liked him, people listened to him. He writes
2: poetry. He's got fucking...
1: And I just thought, like... I looked at him and said, Oh, look, it's McLovin. McLovin's a French criminal. They're like, Yeah, this swarthy swarthy handsome guy. Feverish ass eyes.
2: So, uh... After name? seeing the picture, I said Poe, but I my my oh, real o- guess o- Oscar Isaac. That's his name. My real guess wouldn't have been Heath Ledger, but we were right. just fucking around with Joker yeah, yeah. thing. But I had no man. He writes poetry. He fucking dances. He was a butcher at thirteen. <laughs> we were all over the place. Who the fuck mm-hmm. really? Without like how we do this for the people at home that just play along and do it too. Like man, unless you sneak and take a peek at this dude, like you're not getting this one. Yeah, Do, some by he their doesn't bi- doesn't look like a psychopathic killer of men. Some by their body of work, you know, can you can get a build so you can frame it like your pick of your actor off that. But this guy did everything. Well, and, and just he was so- a fucking engineer. He was a fucking butcher. He's a pastry chef. He was a poet. He stole cars. He robbed banks. He killed innocent people. What the fuck? And, and just so this picture too, like he died real young and.
1: This picture was right around when he was 18. Like, most of the stuff is on, like, a, you know, a, a short timeline. So, that's about what he looked like when he was out there shooting cops and fucking robbing banks and shit. Just looking like a goof. Now, we got to do, we got to do the DEFCON scale. So, stand, standard DEFCON scale is a scale of 5 to 1. 5 being the lowest, 1 being the highest. It's important to know on this scale, nobody's a good guy. So, a 5 would still be your average crack dealing, kidnapping, armed robber, like Lee Murray. One would be the Purple Gang, who you got multiple massacres and multiple gang wars and, you know, you're killing cops on the streets. So on a scale of Lee Murray to the Purple Gang, where would you rate
2: Octave Garnier? And we'll just throw it out to the floor. You want to go first? For, uh, for sure, number one. Just right down to the whole, like, you know where I'm going. Like, just the killing innocent people. Like, not everybody on the show is a mobster. Some are like, you know russians or old west americana like but like it doesn't matter like when you start killing innocent people and for the the real g's out there the west coast gangsters nate diaz <laughs> um i'm not even saying the cops are that and we don't glorify killing cops or any bullshit like that i'm just saying like i'm not just saying oh i gotta beef with them killing c-. i'm saying like the innocent people like the yeah the real and for no reason at all, because your theory, your philosophy became, we kill the rich and we're anti-authority, but hey, this dude's got a job, so him working for Ford, he's just as bad as fucking Henry Ford, bam, Duke, see ya. I, I don't just... like you threatening me. I
3: don't like that tone. <laughs> I don't like you having a job, being a cog in the wheel. point that finger gun somewhere don't,
2: else. Don't point that finger gun at my friend. Stop <laughs> pointing that gun at my friend. You Stop pointing that gun at my friend.
3: <laughs> so would you defecate
2: him on the DEF CON?
3: Oh, I would definitely poop him right on a number one because I mean it's it's not just all that it's also just the mindset of people like he just his mindset was that he was justified in killing that killing was what he did and there was nothing to it in like innocence cops whatever it just and just that whole illegal as long as we're doing a crime it's the right thing to do like when the most dangerous criminal is one that thinks he's justified like and the fact that like all right a hitman kills for money that's bad and you can say he's justified he's getting money but at least then like he's getting paid you got this guy that's just running around killing people willy-nilly like well who aren't you like what are the rules here the people with no rules like the anarchy shit the shit of just illegalism you know it's all illegalism
1: (laughs) i mean body count you're there and then like you said, I guess it's tough to not be glorifying it, but at some point we you look at the volume of police officers, you know, you're killing a lot of, it's putting in a lot of work, a lot of innocent people, and they pulled off a lot of money, you know, like a, the guy in his maid, it's pretty rough, man, you know, you could have just robbed him
2: and bounced. That, that's part of it, really, that's what I mean by the innocent, because you could say, okay, in the anarchy sense of philosophy, the guy that was rich enough to have that mansion, that car, and that maid, cool, but poor Helga. Yeah, she's just, a, she, damn, bro. She's got to make some shekels too. Okay.
3: So but that's not, the thing that I'm saying. It's not only the, butt; it's the fact that just killing is good. Like that mentality, like even if you had only killed two people and that was it, the fact that he's just like, yeah, we kill whoever, that's what we just, do. That's like, that's a crazy mindset. I, we rocked have. out
2: a little bit with doing the Joker impressions, all that to keep within the, the man that laughs movie and all that. It's the, why it's a unanimous DEF CON one is if we did fictional characters, if we did the Joker, he's so crazy. He's a cool villain. We all mm-hmm. like him. He's one of the most likable villains, but he's such an asshole and kills for no re. Like, there's no method to his madness. He's just truly mad. He would be a DEF CON one. We don't do comic book characters. but right. This is a guy. We don't do many podcasts of anybody that, like, a bad guy is based off of, you know, like the guy that was the star of our show because on the show too, also a lot of these guys are like a little more obscure. If you were part of the Frank and Jesse James gang, you wouldn't be Frank or Jesse on the show. Mm -hmm. This guy fucking inspired the Joker. (laughs) was a fucking 13 year old pastry chef. Fucking rocked out as a butch. Like I say, he kind of lived a life. It was, you can judge the morality of it and the, the stupidity of it and all that. But like,
3: damn, he did some living. I mean, that's the thing. When you talk about villains too, um, Going back to the Joker is always my favorite villain because he was a bot. And one thing you can say is like, this guy was true to the end. That whole, I'm going to kill motherfuckers and he left nobody unturned. He was ready to go down for all that shit.
1: Now, he committed to his lifestyle a different way. Now, like if he would have, like we talked about the maid. So say he kills that guy, robs him, takes his car and leaves the maid alive. Now, not to say that that's okay, because obviously it's not, but you could at least say that's within his philosophy. That might have been the difference. Or that might have got him a DEF
2: CON 2-ish. Right. You know, but, that might have... But no, when
1: you commit the other way to where, okay, I can't kill anybody else and we're going to die here. Okay, let's just burn this money. Like, that mm. is, like, this motherfucker is fucking crazy. Like, he just literally... The chaos theory. He he loves the chaos.
2: All right. Flush the bombers, get the subs, in launch mode. We are at Defcon One.
1: So we're gonna wrap this up. Now go to Bad Guy Podcast on Instagram. Friend of the show, Cancer. You can get his album, "Grenades, Pistols, and Rape Whistles." It's on Spotify. It's on Bandcamp. You can get it anywhere online. That's all I got. So guys, thanks for coming and thanks for listening.
0: Say hello to the bad guy, bad guy. The good guy coming last place uh, Smell that dope uh, when I pass by don't I, I, I like my money at a fast oh, pace say, nice. say hello to the bad guy, bad guy. The good guy coming Be dead. Spend my birthdays in the trap. We had to work with what we had. She been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man. Plus my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the cam. Man, and I don't need a hundred friends. I just want a hundred bands, a hundred jugs, a hundred scams. Ay, ay. So I So out of money grabbed a hundred hams. Out of money, grabbed a bunch of <coughs> And bands. I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or to the Fuck a judge with a grudge. I'm blowing crud for my mental, ay. And I still keep it on me. Run and tell your big homie. First you meet your dead homie, Ayy. Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. You smell that dope when I pass by. I like my money at a fast yeah. pass. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. I, when I, by. I, I, out I just did the dash hey, in the fast lane. Let my money at a fast pace look like I'm drag race. Country up in my ashtray, I'm in my bag. Good girl, bad face, slim no waist, and her ass face. Hey, and she in love with the bad guy. Hey, but bad bitches never act right. Hey, she act up until that peg fly. I did a turnaround at one night. To the bad guy, the good guy come at last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy, the good guy come at last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace.